1: Where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can
0: survive, Away. this place is no place for civilized man. Take it in the guts, Barry. Away from my... What have got to do now at past the Australian culture test? Three simple questions, three corrections. And you go through that doorway to the greatest bit of country. The guess is how did yards have highly chased on. Good morning everybody, this is Annie for 3CR's Look at the Australian Film Industry and today we're going to be looking at this fantastic film called Buoyancy Now I told you last week that Buoyancy has become Australia's entry for the next Academy Awards foreign films section and that's pretty incredible because in actual fact this is the Australian writer-director Rod Rathingen's first feature He made other shorts and stuff Uh, uh, But um, you'll hear from in my chat with him more about his background But also about the making of the film Now the film is uh, set in um, It's mostly shot on a boat in the sea Which is pretty amazing And um, it tells the story of a 14-year-old Cambodian boy Who's tired of toiling the rice fields day after day And he decides he's going to leave his home in Cambodia to search for a factory job in Thailand, but then things uh, happen that uh, change the uh, where he goes. He gets fooled into uh, working on a uh, basically a, a depiction of uh, modern day slavery on uh, some of these uh, Thai fishing ships uh, so it 's quite an amazingly made film it 's very tight it 's very uh, dramatic. Uh, and it tells you about something that I'll I'll bet my bottom dollar you know nothing about. But anyway, I didn't anyway, and I went away thinking, my God, what a film is this? Anyway, uh, let's have a listen to my chat with uh, writer director Rod Rathingen. Well, thank you very much for coming in to, to uh, be talk, to talk about this great film, *Buoyancy*. Can you tell me a little bit about your filmic background?
1: Yeah, so I went to uh, film school here in Melbourne at the Victorian College of the Arts. Um, I actually did a year at RMIT before that in screenwriting. And after I finished studying, I did a lot of travelling and um, ended up making a film in India called Talsaru, which um, premiered at Cannes at Critics Week in 2013. And since that point, I've pretty much been working on... Uh, buoyancy. So yeah, it goes back quite a few years, but yeah.
0: What was your uh, skill, uh, your particular skill of interest?
1: Uh, Probably writing, directing. Yeah, I did uh, screenwriting at RMIT for a year and then um, moved over to writing and directing at the VCA. So I was doing the the BA of film and TV there.
0: Mm, And so how did you get to this particular story? Because this is a really big story that you cover in Buoyancy?
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean, it just started with um, just reading, like I I came across this uh, report from the Environmental Justice Foundation and um, within that report it had um, survivor accounts of the Thai fishing industry and I was kind of blown away with um, their stories, Um, they are unimaginable in their scale of brutality and time at sea. And um, and so, you know, I started doing my own kind of research and thought a film would be a great way of bringing their voice to the world. And um, so I interviewed a lot of survivors myself through NGOs in Thailand and Cambodia.
0: Now, these are people who had thought they were going to get a job yep. and it ended up basically being modern slavery.
1: Yeah, so their stories were pretty consistent in that they... Um, were looking for work in Cambodia or Myanmar and um, they wanted to migrate to Thailand because they'd heard from somebody um, that, you know, there, there was work there in factories and in construction. And but it
0: was a modern miracle, I guess. with certain Western attributes.
1: Yeah, yeah, and the money sounded good. amazing and good and um, for what they were making back home it was like seen as a real opportunity to to go to thailand and and work and save money there but what inevitably happened to all of them is they they were trafficked and then tricked into the fishing industry in thailand and you know some of them spent you know a couple of years and others spent you know anything up to kind of 15 years at sea oh my god you know cut off from their family and friends and not knowing what was going to happen to them and you know, violence and torture every day and killing every other day. So how did know,
0: they get away?
1: Well, a lot of the guys I interviewed were, um, found on an Island in Indonesia, um, called Benjina. That was about, it was about two, 2014. Um, they found, uh, it was about 550 or 600, um, yeah, survivors there just being held captive on this Island. And, um, so I was – while they were being – that, while they were in the process of being repatriated back to um, Cambodia and Myanmar, just happened to be the same time that I was over there and doing my research. So through um, a lot of NGOs, I was able to facilitate interviews with them and talk to them about their experiences.
0: It's really hard to get the voices of reality to a feature film – Mm. And you've su- you've succeeded really uh, particularly well. It uh, the feature film, *Buoyancy*, is an incredible watch. Quite uh, and it's dramatic, and you are completely uh, embroiled in those characters. I'm mm. from the point of view of a, a person who's watched it, and so you know if a person wants to buy a ticket to go and see an incredible film. Buoyancy is that incredible film, but from the point of view of actually being able to get the raw reality of these people's lives to uh, to the screen, uh, that's very difficult to do. Uh, you, uh, ha, ha, what were you aiming to do? Is that what you you, you have a social conscience?
1: Yeah, I mean, my my first kind of goal was to try and engage an audience with the with the human story within this within this world. Um, you know, from the desperation of wanting to leave Cambodia or Myanmar to the process of being tricked and trafficked and then being exposed to this brutal and horrendous world out on the water so um for me, it was you know I never set out to make an issue based film; it was more about trying to engage an audience on the human cost of of what it means to experience this this world, yeah, you well, know. you
0: succeed. Yeah, and let's hope it has an actual effect too. Because uh, y- as you're watching, you realise all this. It, it, there's so, there's so many elements to this. Uh, the environmental elements, as well as the uh, brutality uh, and the uh, the sheer barbaric nature of this, mm. uh, is completely tied to Western economic. Uh, requirements for uh, consumption,
1: mm. yeah. It, it, you know, the, you know, one th- one thing that we were really trying to explore was this process of dehumanisation that happens um, out on the water. the so boat's like a floating prison, you can't get away. Yeah, yeah there is no, and it's dangerous, exactly. And you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to make it. I didn't want to make, you know. Um, the bad guy, you know, this one-dimensional character either. I wanted to try and explore and understand this, the cycle of violence that happens and how you become capable of such, this, you know, such brutality. Why it would seem
0: so practical.
1: Yeah. So...
0: And also the training, a new acolyte.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, for for Dam, who plays a captain, he actually worked on the boat as a kid from 11 to 13 years old. So he he brought this incredible experience um, in his own right. And, you know, the, re- the relationship between the captain and the boy is, you know, he the captain sees himself and the boy rising up through the ranks to a degree and so he kind of takes him under his wing and the boy kind of, you know, looks up to him as almost like a father figure and, you know, I guess it's, you know, about, you know, kind of the audience hopefully we'll question, you know, is he going to become like this and is he going to enter into this world and is this how it works, you know, this this kind of grooming process, I guess. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot to it. There's, you know, there's there's a lot of subtextual, you know, yeah. layers too with the environmental degradation with what they're fishing, which is trash fish, which, you know, is this kind of well, ad- ad- adolescent. Our trash
0: our trash fish is the lifeblood of the, of the ocean
1: yeah, yeah. And it's like this for the people that don't know about trash fish, it's this form of adolescent fish species fish species that's that's not um it's not edible for humans but but they use it for pet food and to feed the prawn industry and um basically it's been brought about because of overfishing and so you know there's that subtext and yeah, there's a whole whole lot of whole lot of um, layers to the film, but but for me, it's a really you know we're not trying to necessarily you know solve the issue because even though it's quite a simple narrative, it's a very complex social, economic, and cultural kind of issue. So um, we just wanna we just wanted to kind of explore the and express the human cost.
0: Did you decide to? I mean, you're an Australian filmmaker. Did you decide to uh, deal in? Uh, stories from Asia uh, because that's where you've travelled or is it because you feel that Australians actually or the world in general has very little perception of the world
1: that people live in all these different places? I think um, just from my point of view, it was just, I, I didn't really, I'm not consciously thinking about those things too much. It's just about, you know, a story that, that needs to be heard and a voice that needs to be heard and um, and. Yeah, and, you know, I was able to, you know, facilitate making a film um, about this, you know, what I, it's a subject that's very close to my heart now, obviously. So, um, yeah, I don't, didn't really think about all those other factors. It just, it just came about. It's a
0: people's story. Yeah, yeah. It's a exactly. people's story. And the other thing is, t- uh, technically,
1: how long did it take to shoot? So we shot over five weeks. Um, was it
0: always on the boat?
1: Um, majority, we had about a week, um, in a rural village in Kampong Spur in Cambodia and the rest was shot down, um, off the coast of Sihanoukville, um, which is, um, down southern part of Cambodia. And, and a lot of it was actually shot off an island off Sihanoukville called Rong Samlom. And, um, yeah, we were three weeks on the island and then a week around Sihanoukville and then a week in Kampong Spur.
0: There's a... There's a couple of things I would ask about this. One one is uh Cambodia's got a nascent film industry, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's still a pretty young film industry. Um
0: I mean we've already seen some lovely like The mm. Rocket for example.
1: Yeah, The Rocket was uh Laos, I yeah. think. Yeah, and Thai, but yeah, you know, it was um yeah, it's a beautiful film, The Rocket, and um yeah, there's also Ruin by um Emil Cottin Wilson right. and Michael Cody. Um so yeah, there's There's a bit of a history of Australians working or making films in in Asia.
0: And is that because the film industries are developing?
1: Um, Possibly. Like, yeah, uh, you know, trying to get, um, yeah, Cambodia, um, you know, doesn't have the level of support and infrastructure that we do, that we have here in Australia. So, um, yeah, it 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 is developing, I'd say, yeah.
0: Yeah, and uh, the, well, my daughter went there and she said that they've got a a terrible litter problem, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, plastic and, you know, where we shot down in Nookville, which was, you know, was pretty confronting, the amount of plastic and Mm. rubbish. And, I mean, it all comes back to, you know, clean drinking water and the infrastructure for that, which, you know, they don't have as well. So, you know, it's this kind of um, compounded impact of, a whole range of things. a whole
0: thing to do with government. actually. Yes, yes, it's about government, yeah. and that's why you have governments. Absolutely, that, that was the conversation <laughs> I remember having with her. Yeah, she was going. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the other thing is that um, I I recently saw a film that was made quite a long time ago. It was made in say the fifties, and it was in on a ship, relatively large ship. And one of the problems that the filmmaker hadn't thought about was the fact that the ship rocks, mm, yeah. and <laughs> and so I was just wondering: is that has cameras uh, advanced enough? No. No, no, the simple
1: answer is no. Um, you don't want a the, the you don't want a rocking um, boat for a number of reasons. Because the first reason is that everybody gets seasick essentially if it rocks too much. So we had to be quite strategic with where we were. Um, where we were doing the filming and it was protected for the most part while we were doing the filming. So it was, there wasn't too much, too much rocking, but if we, if we went out, the further we went out, the worse it got, obviously. So, um, but yeah, that was one of the logistical challenges was trying to, you know, make a film on water. Um, and yeah, yeah. Hard, uh, yeah, it's hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's interesting. But it doesn't make you know, I, I, it doesn't make you feel seasick. It's
1: just which is good because we were worried about that, you know. Yeah, like I would be too. When you know, it's kind of less about how we were filming in the process of making it, but how the audience was going to. And so, yeah, we had to be, um yeah, we had to be quite organised to. Because to... it's pretty
0: brave. I mean, the whole thing is really amazing. That I was. Completely captured by this film, I have to say. It's a real film. It's a it's a big film, and the um the other thing was that the actors are really fantastic. Where did yeah. you get those guys?
1: Uh, so Sami, um, he has been um, brought up in an organisation called Green Gecko in Sam Reap in Cambodia. Um, and yeah, when we first kind of auditioned him, he he just really stood out. He's really well. He's handsome and he's well yeah he's he's just he's completely uninhibited for a start, and he's and you know when i when we're actually sitting down to initially I thought we were gonna have to cast someone a lot older who had more life experience, but you know he was fourteen and he'd already you know he's already been through so much as a kid so um and, yeah he's just his intuition for the character was really really strong, and um he was you know i could communicate with him pretty well um so yeah you know he was he's amazing and, and does, then,
0: does he speak english or yeah he
1: speaks yeah he speaks a bit of English yeah mm. probably i always say about fifty percent mm-hmm. and that's
0: a big thing isn't it
1: yeah Learning, to comu- to be able to communicate but with but also
0: him. to learn English in Cambodia is really a really big thing yeah, yeah yeah it's important
1: they don't all get the opportunity to mm. but um but yeah growing up in green gecko, he has had that so I mean, also, he, um, you know, when we're doing interviews and there's a question that he doesn't like, he pretends that he can't speak English as well. <laughs> so he's, you know... He's, um, so he's canny. Yeah, yeah, he's very canny. Um, and, yeah, Dam, who um, plays the captain, I mean, as I was saying earlier, he, he, you know, he... I mean, before I even knew that he'd spent time on a trawler as a kid, um, you know, he, he just has so much presence. and, um, And, you know, he'd always tell me that he'd waited... You know his whole life for a role like this because you know he had a connection to the fishing industry and um, yeah he's he he was so amazing. he's done
0: a, a fair amount of acting before yeah he he's
1: worked he's worked as an actor for a lot lo, a lot of his life a lot in China yeah. Um but no, it's hard to explain the kind of aesthetic that we go for on the film you know in terms of performance which is you know less is more and you know a lot of restrained emotion um and
0: everybody's performance is important yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and so you know it was he he hadn't done you know in terms of that style of performance he hadn't really done that before i guess but
0: how did he find that
1: he loved it yeah 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 he really enjoyed he really enjoyed the process and and moni um ross moni he the um who plays the character kia he's just amazing he's he's um i mean he's
0: no, that was incredible.
1: Yeah, he, he um he, he you know, he's probably Cambodia's best actor I would I would ah. say. He's he's, you know, just an, just amazingly intuitive again with, with the character and performance and um and just works so hard and is so committed to the craft and yeah. So
0: Were they uh, keen to have um one a story from their locale uh how did they respond to that?
1: Yeah, yeah, they, I mean, everybody, everybody kind of wanted, wanted this story told and, um, that we, that we talked to from survivors and then, you know, to our, um, you know, our Cambodian produce, our line producer, um, Sova Chia, you know, that they, they really, they know how important this story is. So, and how important that, that this subject gets more exposure. So, I mean, everybody was just so committed and um, unbelievably generous with with their approach to helping us make the film. Can you tell us
0: about the um, editing process and how long it took?
1: The edit was relatively quick, I think, in terms of fit. like um, our editor uh, Graham Pereira, who it was his first feature. He um, what has he
0: made before? Uh,
1: he's done like he d- he's done a lot of. Um, commercials and ads, and he did one of my short films. Um, but he hadn't done it. He hasn't. Oh, he's actually done a couple of docos as well. That's right, because yeah.
0: I'm. Um, that's his, where his name's familiar to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's great. Like he, um, he, he was. He was just instrumental in in giving this pace, pace and rhythm to the film that it really needed. And um, yeah, he. Yeah, I think he's got a really bright future as a long form. Storyteller and um, yeah, he was yeah. The editing process was great because we get along really well and um, yeah, I can't wait to work with him again.
0: Did you have to? Did you have to? Uh, were you pretty clear about what was going to happen in that process, or did you learn something from that editing process?
1: I think you always find things that you that you hadn't planned for. There was a couple of things within the film that we had to kind of navigate our way through and and find, I guess. Um, But the most part, like, even from the filming process, you know, most of the film because we had such a short amount of time to film it, there, there's not a hell of a lot on the cutting room floor. Floor, yeah. Okay. So, um, Cause you know, we kind of got just enough. You yeah, know, Each yeah. day we were just getting enough, so.
0: Because it's a bit like if it was wool, it would be a long piece, then a knot, and then a long piece, mm. and then a knot, because there's the bits where you, everybody, a, a close up where it's joined together mm. into human interaction.
1: Yeah, we really wanted to, um, you know, it was important when we're kind of, expressing this point of view in this in this brutal world to kind of you know hold on we want you know really wanted to focus on his humanity and his experience and um so you know if we were just to make this kind of relentless piece about you know violence and murder happening continuously without you know consequence con- yeah without without you know main point of view we would have lost so much you know he's he's at a very impressionable age so we had to kind of retain that amidst those those really confronting sequences and
0: I think that's par- partially the strength of this film mm. uh, it's I mean there's a whole range of reasons for why this film is so good but um it it's consistent human connection is mm. quite compelling it's quite extraordinary yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you've that's done good. a great job thank you yeah is this your first feature <laughs> yes Yes. Well, congratulations.
1: Thank you very much.
0: You can only go up from here. <laughs> or Or backwards. <laughs> or backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for talking to me.
1: No worries. Thanks very much for having me in. Yeah. Tune in to On Screen and find out
0: more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen. Mm, But it's on the radio, 3CR. a 3CR supporter. That's the end of the program. Um, Hopefully you'll go and get a ticket and watch Buoyancy. Great film. It's on at the moment. Uh, They uh, deserve your support. Uh, it won't be a hardship to go and see this film. It is actually a great film. Uh, don't forget that uh, last week's uh, interviewee who was uh, telling us about... Uh, Spiro Econopoulos, who was telling us about the uh, uh, short film, um, little, little sort of extra piece for the Melbourne Queer Film Festival, is starting at the Novarton uh, on Friday, 4th to the 6th. Uh, its features, as well as a couple of... Uh, um, Blocks of uh, shorts, all of them look really intriguing I'll have to say uh, So you know, perhaps you'd like to put that on your calendar Have a look put, uh, on the mine, you can check out the films that are being uh, shown uh, Coming up next is uh, published or not And we will go out with a sweet song by uh, Kate Vigo Called Sweet Kiss of Death
1: but a street hole Say she had a chance but threw it away She's reminded
0: of
1: it every
0: day Memories play over in her mind Sometimes she laughs she cries, caught in a memory that persists Let the world go by, wait for death's kiss And when it does come, a burden will lift Her last song be sung, the cruel spell undone Tied by love, not about pain After all these years, to be free again